Dude. Bitch, I said a cheeseburger. <laughs> You wake up warm and itchy, smothered by a Bigfoot, but, but you are not bothered by it. Are you sure? It's a good musk. It's a good musk. <laughs> you wonder if the experience you had was all a dream. The dance party, the light show, the force, the Jedi, all of it. But there's a Bigfoot right here. Why would you think that was a dream? <laughs> the Bigfoot feels you squirm and it wakes him up. You both stand and brush each other off. That's nice. You look at each other and he presents his outstretched palm. You silently grab his hand and give it a knowing shake. Mm -hmm. It must be time for another episode of High Mystery. Must be. <laughs> Anytime you're shaking hands with a Bigfoot. That's a really rosy view of waking up. That's a real rosy, rosy view. Well, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where we smoke weed and we talk about mysteries. I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. Today we will be talking about a mystery, but first, we're going to be smoking some weed. Before we even get there, i got to talk about the fact that Sasquatch is definitely waking up with the hugest boner. <laughs> That's just, you know, biologically it happens. Exactly. Like, whether you wanted to or not, Morningwood is a thing. And he's some kind of, like, half-human, half-ape who's two or three feet taller than us. Yeah. So he's got a massive penis. Unless, you know, it's just a cruel joke. And he has, like, the, the micro-less penis out there. He's like, I'm so big, but it's so small. I mean, either way, he's fine with it. He's got it. <laughs> he's learned how to foreplay. Yeah, he yeah. knows he's not defined by that. <laughs> Who is he comparing it to in the forest? Yeah, yeah. fair point. Fair point. He doesn't have the internet. <laughs> but if he did, he would just never leave the internet. Yeah, right. If there was an internet cafe in the forest, Bigfoot would be the number one patron. <laughs> I feel like he would get so frustrated with how like big his hands are and how small the um, thing is. Like, this isn't what I wanted to watch. <laughs> I wonder if there's like custom keyboards for, you know, I have very, very large digits and uh, I feel like there's gotta be large D's. That's right. <laughs> like for me typing on the phone, I'm always making mistakes and like a lot of times the text runs together because mm -hmm. it like will just put like three words together. I'm not really sure why. Well, it just kind of reminds me of those old people phones with the big numbers and you're <laughs> I want one of the like um you know hologram ones where it like projects it down on the table nice. so um, I can make it a little bigger if I need to straight up minority reporting. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we do have to talk about the weed. We do. Yeah. Uh today I've got a blunt packed with the Floracal. Nice. Um it is well Floracal Farms is the maker, but it is Sonoma Cake is the mm. strain. Because I just like California weed. Clearly. Have you opened it yet? Uh, I have, have. opened. Uh, this, I, I bought a quarter. This is another okay. one of the eights. So. so I was like, it looks really close, but I wanted <laughs> to give it a smell since it was supposed I to mean, be like a Sonoma you're something. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Does it have a Sonoma smell? Because if you've been to Sonoma, you know it has a smell. Okay. Well, you be the judge. I don't. I don't know. Does it smell like the beach is nearby, but not that close? <laughs> right, it's off in the distance. Yeah, the yeah. beaches are dry. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to think what else Sonoma smells like. I don't know anything about Sonoma. Um, it has got 
27.651% THC and 0.063% CBD, and it was cultivated on November 4th, 2020. Nice. I hope some of our fans write that down. <laughs> when was it cultivated? Did you guys, did you guys catch that? <laughs> I just feel like reading everything on here. They're like, I'm not going to look like an idiot high mystery con. <laughs> I'm going to know exactly what the expiration date was. Also, I just like the thought of that. You know, like when people do wine or whatever, they're like, oh, this is a 19 whatever yeah. Merlot. And they're like, oh, that was a good year. Yeah, but yeah, now yeah. when people are like, oh, it was a 2020. Oh, that was a shit year. Bro. <laughs> they were all wearing masks cultivating this. <laughs> Oh, a 2020 wonderful vintage. Mm. Uh, I have a Hydro Lemonade High Hemp Wrap. Uh, it's really funny because, like, the market is dictating the price of high hemp wraps. Oh, yeah, like so, the better flavors are more expensive? Yes, box to box will change. So I'm just going by availability and price lately, okay. which I just ordered some Maui mangoes. So You're we'll throwing see. the whole thing off, Colin. You're buying the stuff that they don't want you to buy. But I need that stuff yeah. at a certain price. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I bought mine on Amazon. It's been like three weeks or something. Mm. It's been a ridiculously long time. That's since what, you've gotten it or since you've had to order again? Uh, since I've I placed the order and it's still waiting on it oh. three weeks later. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Inside, I've got Union Electric. It's no. their hybrid. The strain is called Fatso, mm. um, and it's got 24% THC. Oh, <laughs> round even number. I like 24. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I got my bee pipey combs, yeah. and inside this handy little guy, I got a papaya punch. Oh, that sounds yummy. Yeah. I, I'm going to try it soon. It's got 21.1% THC. No, send it. This is like the Inception version. Let's harmonize very as, as we touch our tips. <laughs> We're lighting our blunts. We hope you've got a blunt at home that you can light and smoke alongside us. If you don't, we just ask that you try to get high on life uh, and get on our level. Because, you know, we understand that sometimes... Go jump on a trampoline. You cannot be sad after jumping on a trampoline for a little bit. <coughs> Science. <laughs> Exhausted, yes. <laughs> or a jet ski. You can't be sad on a jet ski. Yeah. That's a good point. I've, I've never, never been anybody, on a jet ski. I've never seen anybody crying on one, that's for sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You get off the jet ski before you cry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I brought in a mystery today. Out of left field, what's it going to be? Yeah. <laughs> so unexpected. I can't possibly guess. Uh, so this is part four in a seven-part series. <laughs> Although I should, you know what? Hey, in case, in case you're listening, C.S. Lewis, because I see your comments on the YouTube, I will look into... Because if you guys don't know, there's a guy named C.S. Lewis commenting on our YouTube videos of just the JFK mysteries. Hey, I happen to concur with a lot of what you're saying there. <laughs> I will. I, who knows? There might be an eighth part to this where I try and figure out how yeah, C.S. Lewis is saying. Well, just just because he's comparing uh, Lee Harvey Oswald to the Wizard of Oz and Abraham Zapruder, who does the. Uh, 
the film that we all see of the JFK assassination, mm-hmm. initials AZ. So we have Oz, Oz, and Oz. Oh, I mean, doesn't he okay. also compare uh, the Kennedys to like another death or another like assassination? There's, something? I believe so he also talks about that. Lincoln. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot in those comments, you know, and I'll, I'll who knows, but maybe We're by the unpack it. We're, we'll unpack <laughs> it. if he just keeps commenting by the eighth part, we might have enough for an, another. Listen, we'll be honest, we can't always totally address everything, especially if you type several paragraphs. (laughs) But if you comment, you know, we're going to give you a shout out, if nothing else. So thank you, C.S. Lewis, for uh, dropping your knowledge. Yeah. So as we learned in parts one, two, and three, JFK was assassinated. Oswald had knowledge of the assassination. Right. And Oswald had known accomplices that shared his ideals. These are undisputed facts. Hey. But if Oswald was not the sole gunman, where in the photographic and video evidence are the other gunmen? In this part, we will be looking into the unaccounted for and unidentifiable persons of interest who were present at the time of JFK assassination. It's going to be that guy who got grazed on the cheek, I'm telling you. (laughs) First up on the list... Is the um, lady. No. Ah, I know about her, though. (laughs) She's my favorite. Is the Umbrella Man. The Umbrella Man. In the Zapruder film, the best and clearest footage of the assassination as recorded by Abraham Zapruder from the Grassy Knoll, we can clearly see a man standing under an opened umbrella right next to the president the moment the first shot was fired. One of those uh, spy umbrellas that shoots out the, the handle. I will be touching on that. Okay. I mean, if it was, don't you think you would have it tilted toward JFK, either up or down? He could have had, like, once... Oh, the wind! Uh, maybe if it was, like, in the bottom of the handle, you know how they, like, curve mm-hmm. out maybe there? Like, I can see that. Drill a hole into it or something? Well, let me just say a few things about this umbrella man that are very suspicious. He's from the future. Nah. He's CIA intelligence. <laughs> He's Bush sure? Senior. Are you, sure? Are you sure he just didn't believe in like pageantry? <laughs> He's like, look, it's gonna be hot. Yeah, I'm gonna need a sun guard. I'm gonna be wilting like a summer flower at the presidential <laughs> motorcade. Right, I can't have the president look at me sweating. <laughs> First, though it had rained the night before in Dallas. The morning of Kennedy's arrival was clear-skied and sunny. Not a single person in all of the footage of the presidential motorcade, which were numbered in the thousands, none of them had or were using an umbrella except for this man standing next to the president at the moment of his assassination. Well, it was sunny. (laughs) Well, it's, it's November, too, so it's not like... There's, it's not hot in Dallas. It's clear skies. It's actually kind of brisk, he could I would assume. To, what's that one thing where the sun hurts you? 
<laughs> oh, not yeah. vampirism. Vitiligo. Something like that, where he just, you know, maybe he just is sensitive to the sun. He's just that guy who's sensitive to the sun. Yeah, I mean, I know um, albino people are sensitive to sunlight. I know if you have a skin disease or a skin condition like vitiligo, mm-hmm. when you lose the pigment, you can burn really bad really easily and stuff like that. So sure. there could be reasons to dress. Could be, him, right? could be. But uh, like I said, November 22nd, not not hot. So it won't be... So, and the sun isn't especially, uh, you know, burning one's skin November 22nd in Dallas. I guess. And usually, like, sun umbrellas are a little more ornate. You know, they're a little, there's a little more going on. Not there. if you're a man in 1970. I guess, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, today, don't get me wrong. He's <laughs> <laughs> just got, like, a geisha umbrella. Yeah. Around. He's got one of those, like, lacy white ones that yes. you see women wear on the back of the boat. Yeah. Exclusively. That's the only place you can use those umbrellas. Oh. It's, it's a law. Uh, yeah, nationwide. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a federal law. Heavily enforced. <laughs> What do they got in there? Storm, storm, storm! We saw you using umbrellas. <laughs> Those are maritime umbrellas. Yeah, right? We're gonna need to get a maritime lawyer in here. <laughs> also, the umbrella man can be seen on the grassy knoll before and after the president's limousine passes, and only as it passes him does he have his umbrella opened and on full display. Oh. If, so so he wasn't using it until they came by. Exactly. He might, you know, pop it open now and then just to see, oh, yeah, it does open. But he was not shading himself until the president is driving past. But if he's just a distraction, you know, like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to open this umbrella. Everyone's going to be like, who's this guy with the umbrella? Maybe he could be a signal, too. Right? Yeah. Like, he's yeah. in position. Yeah, exactly. Like, like maybe he knows a mark on the ground that is the ideal shot or something for somebody else. I feel like snipers usually do have that. They have like someone who is like a spotter who can like, you know, that was a good time. The wind's going this much. The target's this distance. Hoots is with us on the Twitch and she said that he's just covered in moles. He's trying to prevent skin cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's nice. He's a thoughtful man and I'm Claiming he's an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I just have moles. So many moles. I didn't want these moles. <laughs> well, if that weren't strange enough, the Umbrella Man is one of the closest spectators to the president at the moment shots were fired. Say so that again. He is one of, if not the closest spectator to the president the right. moment shots were fired. Now, let me ask you this. He's the closest spectator. Yeah. So yeah. presumably there are Secret Service members closer and identifiable people closer. Well, the people in his car. There are people, right, yeah, there's... Of course. Yeah, there's... And I guess they wouldn't be spectators necessarily. <laughs> they would be on the, on the job. I'm just wondering but, if a civilian is closer to the president than his defense team. Uh, other than the governor and his wife. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think there might be like a man standing next to the umbrella man, you know, so it's like there might be one person's like just a foot or a few inches. Oh, he's got you by a millimeter. Yeah. Or, or on the opposite side of the street, you know, because he's on one side of the sidewalk, they're on another. They're standing next to each other, but the umbrella man leaned forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was further away. The umbrella was much closer. Yeah. (laughs) So the actions of the Umbrella Man are very suspicious. 
As Kennedy's limo approaches, the umbrella man opened his umbrella high above his head and panned the umbrella from east to west. Okay. After the gunshots were fired, the umbrella man closed his umbrella and sat on the knoll next to another man of dark complexion, often referred to as the dark-complected man. Oh, the dark-complected man? That doesn't sound (laughs) PC. I um, could have made it a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. This time early, period. early 1970s, oh, but, but still. I mean, that's the just complected man. That's the dark complected man sitting sitting next oh, to. Oh, we him. have a picture of the dark complected man. I think that might be the umbrella man, and sitting next to him, which is obscured by this yellow ring, is the dark complected man. Okay, perfect. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so east to I west. Could be wrong does that mean that he painted the umbrella? The same direction as the car was going or in the opposite direction? Uh, That is, I do not know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we probably know the direction of the motorcade. I mean, Uh, we do know. I mean, it is known information, but I would not know it. You don't have it at hand. Not at hand. Right. I I even think you mentioned it in the first episode, which direction it was going. Yeah. I mean, I, I can know from the picture. Let me answer your question with another question. Why do you think that would have significance for you? Uh, just because uh, I feel like it's easier to line up a shot if you're kind of like, you know, going in the same direction, kind of like when you go hunting or whatever, you're shooting a moving target, even like the clay, whatever, you kind of like... Lead it. Lead it, follow it, whatever. Um, and then I feel like doing a cross thing was a little more trickier and like I feel like I don't know also I'm trying to picture if he was like I'm just trying to think like why he's panning his umbrella right. like is it like a, a thing where he could hear something in it or like yeah I feel thing. like it makes more sense to me why people like lose their mind and go crazy in their basement with dioramas on this you know <laughs> what I mean like I could easily see having a diorama with a light bulb you know, representing the sun. Right. So that I could see, was the umbrella man justified? Was he just trying to find the best blocking for the sun right? to save his very sensitive holy <laughs> skin? You know, or would it have been potentially a signal? Because uh, some could argue that he was lifting it right when the president passed to block the sun so he could see better. That's, you know, like yeah. instead of doing like one of these or he just wanted to... Or he had uh, ability to signal a gunman, or he had a gun inside the hilt, and mm-hmm. pop, pop. Yeah. Um, Although, I, sorry, it <laughs> just occurred to me how difficult it would be. You'd be essentially firing an upside-down gun. I've seen that in movies plenty. Oh, no, I'm not saying you can't do Keanu it. Keanu Reeves, he can do it. <laughs> Keanu is. Reeves, the actor, can do it. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen him at a gun range? Oh, my God. It's crazy. He put so much time into practicing for that movie. He's a skilled... Uh, marksman? Marksman. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely correct. But, uh, I mean, accurately, upside-down gun, it is difficult. Right. You know, that's all I'm saying. But he is the closest. Yeah. yeah, he's just a few yards away from this. For sure, for sure. And that's still know. just potentially one bullet of many. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So potentially he's just another volley of bullets from his little gun or something. Uh, I will say there uh, that people think, theorists believe, that the dark-complected man might be a Cuban nationalist. So uh, the umbrella man sitting next to a Cuban nationalist. pigs, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera it's et cetera, also et cetera. ballsy to be like, Shoot the president, then I'm gonna go 
pop the squad over here real quick. Yeah, I did notice in that picture, like, a lot of people seem to be, like, on the ground face down as if they're about to be detained by the Secret Service or something. Or, you know, shots are fired. They're all, like, panicked and on the ground. Right. And meanwhile, he's just chilling, like... But also, I mean, like, that does seem weird, but at the same time, there's no guidebook. There's no rules of expectation. There's no way of knowing how to react when something like that happens. So it does make sense to me that he could just be unsure. I agree. (laughs) Like, all we could go all day and, like, say, oh, I would do this and I would do that. But, like, once you're in that, like... There's yes. no way of knowing yeah, how it's you're impossible to it. know to your reaction until you're there. Sure. Yeah. The Umbrella Man sits for a few minutes next to the dark-complected man before getting up and walking towards the book depository. Oh. Theorists suspect that the Umbrella Man was either a signaler to the assassins oh, to take their shots. We're theorists. We're yeah, theorists, we Tristan. Hardcore theorists. <laughs> or that he himself was a gunman and that his umbrella was used as either a gun or used to fire poison darts. Oh, shit. Now we're going to poison darts? Interesting. If the Umbrella Man used poison darts to incapacitate JFK, it would explain why JFK didn't duck as shots were fired. Oh. So he's a preemptive (laughs) strike is the idea. Yeah. According to L. Fletcher Prouty, who worked for the Office of the Secretary of Defense at the time, he worked in the Pentagon in 1960 when he first saw an early version of the weapon fired. Does he use like compressed air or something? Or I mean, it's making a I, lot more sense to me now. Yeah, that's just a, a diagram of like how a blueprint of how it would work. Um, I can't read all that, but that's apparently from like. No, it, it makes immediate sense to me when yeah. I see the diagram. Instead of being in the handle like I was thinking, it's actually part of the bracing mechanism that opens mm-hmm. the, like, uh, I don't know what to call it, the chute the of the umbrella. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The metal brackets there that we all see when we look up underneath an umbrella, mm-hmm. that's where the folding barrel of the gun mm-hmm. potentially yeah. sits. And, and it seems like you... May, might be able to get a good sight on that, like a good line of sight, you know, if your head's already in the umbrella. Especially with, like, just a little bit of training. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, this isn't his first time shooting an umbrella gun, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't try it first on the day. He, he knows how to prepare a little bit. <laughs> on July 29th, 1960, he flew to Fort Derrick, Maryland, by helicopter from the Pentagon to see developments of this and other new weapons at the at that you know uh, top secret installation and uh, he was able from personal and official experience uh, able to support that an umbrella weapon was used as part of the JFK murder plot who's saying this the uh, L Fletcher Prouty who worked for the office of the secretary of defense at the time so at the time of JFK's assassination, he worked at the Secretary of Defense's office. Huh. And he worked in the Pentagon in 1960 when he first saw this weapon being used. So okay. three years before JFK's assassination. And he says, without a doubt, this is one of those umbrellas. This, that, this, he thinks. Yeah, that he thinks. <laughs> he was able from personal and official 
experience able to support that an umbrella weapon was used. Now, here's my reaction. Is that this is just some fucking guy. <laughs> they didn't get the Secretary of State to say this. They didn't even get the, like, chief of whatever the... You know, there's so many titles in government. Sure. They didn't even get the chief of Midwest, you know, regional military support or some bullshit. They just got some guy. At least that's what I'm hearing. I mean, he worked for the Secretary of Defense. Yeah. And he worked at the Pentagon right. earlier before yes. that. That stuff we do know. Yeah. It could be... A janitor who just happened right. to tow around this guy. But that's even still, I, I mean, I, I would feel like the janitors probably know more shit than they probably realize. I mean, you're throwing away stuff. You're <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. And he says from personal and professional experience that, like, like, in his professional capacity as a janitor, you can't say whether or not that's an umbrella gun. Right? Maybe like, hey, janitor, come here. We've got to right. test something out on you. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, even if he was just working like, uh, you know, supply and ordering shit and parts and stuff, yeah, you, know, you still got to see some shit. No doubt. Some people, however, believed that it was a form of silent protest, the umbrella man, why he had his umbrella, uh, because JFK refused the CIA's offer to provide an umbrella of air support in the failed Bay of Pigs invasion. That is a layered demonstration. I mean... But, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like that is sort of the color of some early demonstrations, too, though. Like, you have to just slip it in. Hopefully yeah. nobody notices, and you got to, like, silently get your message across. But that seems like a stretch. <laughs> well, I mean, the only reason I think it could be is because the fact that, yeah, you even brought up the Bay of Pigs when he went mm -hmm. and yep. spoke... Absolutely. The complexioned man. They have pigs, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But <laughs> um, <laughs> they did use the word umbrella of support because that's what the CIA offered. Right. And he declined it. So umbrella was very prominent in the language. Because he knows yeah. the CIA is corrupt. He doesn't want to be given it. like Because he knows if he's like, all right, I accept your umbrella of support, that means... I'm going to be giving, you know, Bush Senior handies for the rest. Uh, <laughs> Bush Senior handies. This nation was built on Bush Senior handies. It's <laughs> that truth, Colin. <laughs> so the United States House Committee on Assassinations. What they do? They identified the Umbrella Man as Louis Stephen Witt. With like facial recognition? Uh... I, they I, found his I underwear and it was written on the back of it. They managed to identify him. Did they? I mean, I don't know how it works. Through investigating, through just maybe right. cold calling people. Right. I've got to imagine police were literally like all over that city for the next two months, you know. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, they, maybe. They were, they were probably forming committees and stuff like that as it was happening. You know what I mean? Like... Whatever commission you just mentioned, the House Department well, of Assassinations, probably didn't exist very long before this. It didn't exist at all before this. It existed yeah. in 1978, and it was uh, specifically designed because they found that the Warren Report was corrupt oh. and that they needed an actual independent investigation into this. They investigated this, and they investigated Martin Luther King's assassination. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so that's why it was originally 
um, created in 1978 to... Oh, yeah. What's his umbrella's name? Marcus. (laughs) (laughs) He said he brought the umbrella not to protest JFK, but to protest JFK's father and JFK's father's support of notorious umbrella holder Neville Chamberlain. Deep cut. Throwing some deep cuts. Who, okay, Neville Chamberlain? Am yeah. I supposed to know that name? He, um... Because <clears throat> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neville Chamberlain was the British Prime Minister during the, uh, like, right after World War II or something like that. Okay. And so I believe uh, why... I might I might actually talk about this later on, but I think what it was is that Neville Chamberlain... Um, was like uh, showed amnesty to the Nazis or something like that after uh, the war ended. I mean, technically, so did America. So, like, I think that he was just and and JFK's father was friends with Neville Chamberlain. So, is it's JFK's like, father alive at this point? Um, is he there? Like, why does he think this is going to get back to his father? I. You know, I don't know. You know like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never even heard JFK is going to see me and he's going to go cry back to daddy. Uh, I've never heard about his dad. I know the family was like mm-hmm. rich, prominent, important before John F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah. But I didn't know why. Um, yeah, they, they he was like in the Senate for a number of years okay. or whatever the case. Yeah, yeah, they're just big into politics and having money so, <laughs> right, so. <laughs> they're known for like politics all, and money gotcha. politicians yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. sometimes you have enough money you just end up in politics right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it is a rich man's game for sure for sure especially the way modern elections work in his testimony wit said i think if the guinness book of world records had a category for people who were at the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing, I would be number one in that position okay. without even a close runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny and interesting to hear this guy's words about All right. it. But how can I rest assured that this is the same dude? I'd love to see like a picture, mm-hmm. a picture side by side, by side mm-hmm. like a nice enhanced image, zoom in, a clarification. Mm-hmm. Right? Are they even like... Relatively the same height. (laughs) When asked why he just sat down after shots were fired and Kennedy had fled the scene, his reason was that, surprisingly, being one of the closest people to the president at the time of his death, his umbrella obscured his view of the president, (laughs) and he was not aware that any shots had been fired to begin with. Whoa. So the screaming people, like, nothing, like, signaled him that something was awry? Not initially. Yeah, I guess he was like, maybe that's what happens when Kennedy passes by. Everybody just starts screaming. Yeah, Yeah, right? Uh, I mean, mean, talk about 
having the best seat in the house and completely missing one of the most defining moments well, in American I history. I shouldn't have That's made this deep umbrella cut. <laughs> <laughs> All because you're too busy twirling your umbrella, you know? Yikes. <laughs> Referred to one of the worst assassinations ever is having the best seat in the house. A moment of history. I mean, people... Me. people <laughs> I'd rather be at the tearing down of the Berlin Wall or, you know, like... Oh, I'm not... You know, we're not ranking these. <laughs> no, for sure. But, but in terms of defining moments in American history, <laughs> this one is pretty big on that list. I'd say it's the worst seat in the house. You have to witness something like that. I mean, well, th he didn't. Yeah, 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 he yeah. didn't. Yeah, supposedly. So you know, he spared his own psyche. Unless he inflicted it himself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, however, some question whether this man was in fact the Umbrella Man, or if the Umbrella Man, or if the umbrella he brought was the one used in the protest. Um, yeah, we. But there's no way to say. It's like right. he brought an umbrella. Uh, this one didn't have a gun in it. <laughs> <laughs> Swear, <laughs> promise. Um, unfortunately, the supposed Umbrella Man was unable to identify the dark-complected man, and his identity is still unknown. He was around with some dude, some guy, next yeah. to shooting the shit with him. Yeah, also, who didn't realize Kennedy was just shot, we were just like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, they both sat together like that, so. Right? Hmm. <laughs> next, we look at Badge Man. Badge Man? <laughs> half man, half badger. <laughs> he is Badgeman, <laughs> fighting all crime within three feet underground. <laughs> what am I looking at? Not much. Somebody with uh, a badge. I guess. <laughs> oh, I see it now. It's like yeah. one of those things where you gotta cross your eyes for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. Just cross <laughs> your eyes for a little bit. Um, there is a famous photograph taken by Mary Ann Mormon. A of the president, one sixth of a second after the president was shot. Was she Mormon? No. Okay. Uh, M O O R N A N. Oh, yeah. okay. Mormon. Yeah. Do one, I not elongate it? <laughs> a, a man who works the more. Yes. Oh, I was thinking. A mooring like, man. One wasn't enough. She needs more. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I need more man. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Mormon was standing two feet from the street directly across from the grassy knoll when she snapped her photo. Are we going to zoom out here? Because I imagine that's, that's like how zoomed in. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, gotcha. In the photo was Abraham Sapruder holding his video camera and just out of frame would be the Umbrella Man. It would be her fifth Polaroid photo of the day. The photo is from behind the president's limousine as he is passing by. She was approximately 15 feet away from the limousine, close enough to hear Jackie Kennedy say, John has been shot. Mm. I mean, I gotta say, this is impressive just because Polaroids are very fickle, man. Yeah. And like if they get a little bit of light before they're ready to be developed, it's all whitewashed. Like you gotta, there's steps to take when doing a Polaroid picture. Yeah, and you know that whole like fanning it thing? That's yeah. BS. Yeah, you're not, not supposed, supposed to, to shake it like yeah. a salt shaker. It can even d damage it. Yeah, don't do that. 
Yeah. So don't don't listen to that song. Shake, shake, shake it, shake, shake, shake it. Shake it like a mother of bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Andre 3000, you know teaching us wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah, you might damage your photos. I know everybody's taking a lot of Polaroids. So. <laughs> I mean, lately I feel like there's a resurgence. You're, sure. you're not wrong. They mm-hmm. still print them. They still make them. So. And, I mean, I've shaken many Polaroids and they come out just fine. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but still don't let it see the light before it's ready. Oh. That's the that's the trick. You want to overexpose to get that bright colors. Welcome back to Photo <laughs> Chat. We are talking today, of course, about Polaroids and their resurgence in hipster communities. <laughs> that's right. If you want to talk to ghosts, it's the only way to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, maybe we should be having one every podcast yeah. just to see if we get any kind of message. How trippy would that be? We take one and there's like just like a, a white spirit. thing hanging out here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, in the what fo- did you want to talk about JFK or something? Right. <laughs> Maybe JFK would show up and he'd be like, "The things is." <laughs> let me tell you what really happened. So that little black square in the back yeah. is what we looked at a second ago. That is the badge there. man, uh, obviously in color, and um, well, this is in black and white. What yeah, looking at right now. Yeah, definitely. This is one hundred percent black and white. Uh, good eye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the colors of black and white. In so. the photo, it is said there are between one and four human figures standing behind the fence on the grassy knoll. Oh. One of whom has been dubbed the Badge Man on account that it appears the person is wearing a badge resembling that of a policeman in which the sun is reflecting off of it. That's, that's why it's bright. That's the type of badges they had back then, the ones they wore like right there. I'm, I guess, yeah. This is the, the type the where they the badges 60s. out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it might even be almost at an age where the, the police chief is wearing one of those button all the way down coats and wearing yeah. like one of those hats. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the names for it, but you get it. Yeah, coming in hats. <laughs> it's twirling a baton type they of thing. They look like the military formal attire. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I know what you're talking like about. Like, there could be, like, three really small people in there making one person. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all, I mean, that's true of every outfit. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, it appears that the man is firing from a rifle, a flash of light captured just after the shot was fired. Okay. Though some have considered this to be Gordon Arnold, whom was at Dealey Plaza to witness the president's motorcade. According to Arnold and at least four other people on the knoll, they encountered men identifying themselves as Secret Service agents. Arnold was attempting to walk to the railroad bridge above the triple overpass to film the motorcade when a man with a badge claiming to either be Secret Service or CIA told him that he could not be there, so he moved to a dirt mound in front of the picket fence on the grassy knoll where he filmed the motorcade as it moved down Elm Street. So he has footage of his own to prove that he was at this spot. Um, maybe. I don't know. It might have been confiscated. But... uh, he described at least one shot as being fired past his left ear from behind, stating that 
He hit the dirt after feeling the first just over his left shoulder and that while on the ground, he felt at least one more shot come from that same direction or location. Mm. Arnold claimed that he continued laying on the ground for the duration of the shooting until he was confronted by two policemen who confiscated his film and told him to leave the area. Arnold was afraid to report the incident due to claims of peculiar deaths of witnesses in the uh, to the assassination, which oh. I will be discussing later. Oh, oh my <laughs> this episode later, no, or like another? It's a episode. whole oh, other part. Easter eggs. <laughs> you have to wait three weeks. Oh. Just dropping them like crazy. <laughs> Uh, It has been speculated that the badge man was in fact a Dallas police officer and that he and other members of the Dallas Police Department killed Kennedy and simultaneously framed Oswald. Why would they do that? Yeah, what's their motive? Well, they didn't like Kennedy. Oh, All of Texas? I mean, Texas was no fan of Kennedy. So you you know how Texas is, and now we've got this uh, very liberal... Democrat coming into their town, a Catholic. They're like, we Texans, we don't know about all that Catholic stuff. Yeah, I think... uh, (laughs) You know, because Texans can say literally anything and make it sound insulting. (laughs) We're having ourselves a chili (laughs) cook-off. Why are you so mad about it? (laughs) I'm not, you come right on me. Yeah, Yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, it was it was so bad that uh, the hatred towards Kennedy um, that like Kennedy actually wanted Lyndon B. Johnson to go down there, and because Dallas fucking loves LBJ, it's his huh. people. I think he's from Texas. It's his own town. Oh, wow. Yeah, but uh, I can't remember for whatever reason or not. He's like, no, no, you go down there, Kennedy. <laughs> the people want to see you, Kennedy, please. Oh, maybe LBJ is part of the plot. I mean, I don't know. Uh, do you <laughs> That's talk? why it's... Is that an Easter egg? Do you talk about LBJ? I, I, I do oh, mention it. Not, not in this one, though. No. I mean, he does become president. He does. It happens. How convenient. Wow. The... The layers on this thing. It's almost like you should do three more episodes or something. <laughs> yeah, good idea, Colin. I wasn't going to. <laughs> but when someone hands you gold, you're right. to <laughs> The next person of interest is Wait, just... Wait, so that's it on this guy? That's it with yeah. this gentleman. There's nothing to know because, you know, they couldn't yeah. find him or identify him. Yeah. But, We're, I mean, I, I think... Maybe he was just a wayward motorcycle cop. Mm-hmm. You know, lost his way. <laughs> Where's my goddamn? Or is that one of my motorcycles? Exactly. He's like looking because there's a parking lot back there, so he's looking for his motorcycle. Oh, prison's going by. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my motorcycle. <laughs> one of the motorcades stole his motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's right there. He's looking at his motorcycle. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> No, I mean, it seems like it would make sense. You want to impersonate uh, a cop, that'll get you pretty close to, you know, sensitive areas, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, at that time, there's so many people, police and CIA and whatnot, people walking around because of the president. You put on a police outfit, people are just going to assume, 
Oh, police officer. Can we see the zoomed in image of him again? Because he looks like a member of Chips almost. I feel like he's got some glasses on too. That definitely looks like glasses. And he seems to have some kind of armband as well. Yeah. Interesting. Very. But it's that white thing on his face. Like that's supposed that's to be the flash of the a flash. muzzle. Yeah. Uh, so the idea like is he's blowing that, his nose or something. <laughs> the idea would be that he's got his gun here or something. Or, or that he's looking top. through. It looks like he's like looking through. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because his arm's all tilted and whatnot. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird one. The next person of interest is described as Babushka Lady. Babushka Lady. She definitely has a song in the musical. <laughs> in JFK, the musical. She's your, after you've come back from the second act, you've had your establishing song where you're like, here's what's going on. She's your sidekick song. Okay. You know, it, it, it's a moment for you to like relieve from the plot. It's like usually comedic. Yeah, it's usually yeah. really fun or it can be really tender, you know, okay. depending on the tone of your show. Mm -hmm. But I think Babushka Lady would be bringing the house down with you. Tap dancing? I think, it's a dan <laughs> I think it's a big dance number. It's all sung. You know, she just comes, she's one of those. Come in, do your great song. That's your it for the night, you know. Yeah. Show up, star, and bounce. There's a bunch of backup babushka ladies dancing oh, in the background. Absolutely. Doing a lot of veil twirls. And yep. Nice. Yeah. Maybe even like some pyrotechnics at the end of the song. At least the yeah. sparklers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much a necessary part of the JFK assassination musical. Absolutely. <laughs> There is a lady present at the Kennedy assassination in photographs and film, uh, including the Zapruder film, wearing a white floral headscarf, similar to the headscarves worn by Russian women, babushka meaning grandmother in Russian. Hopefully that's not like an insult. Hopefully this isn't like a 30-year-old woman who's like, don't call me babushka. I mean, I was going to say... <laughs> Why not beautiful young lass in Russia? Marilyn Monroe would wear them all the time. He's got The man's got a point. Yeah. That yeah. could be Marilyn for all we know. <laughs> I think she was... Was she gone at this point or... Marilyn? Yeah. Uh, 1960? Well, no, I think Marilyn died later than that. Really? Yeah. So it could, it could be her. My theory stands. It holds some weight. <laughs> Clearly, I know my history. I mean, <laughs> down to the year <laughs> was was definitely alive singing for the president while the president was still alive. I can't imagine she died in that brief amount of time that he was president. I don't know. So, um, she can be seen filming the motorcade and filming long after the shooting had already taken place. Oh. So as people around her had taken cover from the gunshots she is seen still standing and still filming. She's a true reporter. She's gonna get the story no matter what it takes. That's right. She's like April from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you yeah. don't put your camera down. If there's a story being told, <laughs> yeah, you gotta capture it. The people are fucking racing around, sitting and staring. She's just standing up all defiant, filming these police officers. Marilyn Monroe died a year before. Oh. A year before, oh wow, yeah. damn. So yeah. maybe... So this is, she faked her death and now she's spying on the press. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And now she lives in Cuba oh. with Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after the gunshots, she is seen crossing Elm Street and walking up the grassy knoll. Mm -hmm. Hoots pointed out on Twitch that um, Marilyn Monroe called JFK the night that she died. 
Oh. Maybe that maybe it was the babushka lady that killed the president. She did it because she was paying homage to Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, like she's a huge Marilyn fan. Yeah, and like she's, she's mad like, at him yeah. because it is crazy how many shots she, you know they can clearly see the babushka lady. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do like a zoomed in one like they did of? Yeah. Badge man. Rob, enhance. Uh, let me see her face. Rob, zoom in, enhance, Rob. Uh, I've seen it in like a hundred movies. Right? They just... <laughs> once once we get the minority enhance. report keyboard that we're all talking about. <laughs> uh, neither she nor the film she had taken has ever been identified. However, years later, a woman came forward telling investigators that she was the babushka lady. Oh, man. But when questioned, the lady was inconsistent with her answers. Oh, snap. And had no footage. <laughs> so you think she was just trying to catch a little fame or something? I mean, yeah. She's like, knows? I have a thing like that. I have a little shot. I could be the babushka lady. <laughs> Did she bring forward, like, photos, videos, or anything? Well, uh, when... Inv- uh, she was inconsistent. Investigators could not be sure if the lady was telling the truth. Her claim to where the film went was that police confiscated it from her uh, shortly after shots were fired, and has uh, it was never returned to her. I mean, that does coincide with other people who have had film. That's what I was thinking when you said earlier that that was like the, the dude said he was afraid to report because witnesses were made to disappear or whatever. Right. So it could be that the... Poor babushka lady just disappeared. Well, I... And for that matter, the other two people you said. Yeah. I will say that that lady would have been 17 at the time. Wait, what? The babushka lady? <laughs> yeah. If it is the if lady this who... is the lady that she's oh, claiming to be. She would okay. have been 17 at the I time. I was like, why are we calling her grandma? <laughs> <laughs> this poor woman. <laughs> uh... And at the time, the camera uh, she claimed to have been filming with had not yet been in production at the time Excuse of the assassination. Excuse me, what? That's some bullshit. So she was a fake. Well, she, like, I don't have it written down, but she, her claim to, like, why she was using that camera before it was in production was that, like, I guess she had known somebody who worked oh. for, like, 3M or whatever the case and her like she was brothers, uncles, cousins. Yeah, be, her being seventeen at the time, you know, she was uh, like, you know, filming with this like not camera she's not supposed to be filming with, and um, I think she also said she had like a joint on her or something like that. Uh, so, so she felt scared. Yeah, scared she... enough to just like yeah, take it. I'm sorry. Huh. But. I mean, I mean, what would you really gain from being the babushka lady? That is a good point. But at the same time, I mean, it seems pretty far-fetched. It does. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my also my thought on it. But you're right. Like, there's not a whole lot to gain. Right, because you're not bringing new evidence or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, for sure. If you want to be her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that's. Legitimately, all the people that are unidentified. Um, so they were able to identify every other person on for any the of these photos or whatever. That's my understanding. That for the most part, 
the people there were like easily identified. Yeah, I the they came forward like hey, we were they because know. you see in the picture with the babushka lady, there are twenty other people surrounding her yeah. minimum, and so yeah, she must have been the only one who stood out as unidentifiable. Yeah, and well, that she was also filming it because if you're filming it, then like let's get that camera footage, right. you know. But they they never able to find her or the camera footage. Well, and even the umbrella guy, like we we're just hoping that he actually is you right know, for all we know that's just some guy who's come forward right just because he saw the story and thought it would be funny to be the umbrella guy exactly. <laughs> or or on the same ticket it could be if it is a large level conspiracy it can't be that hard to find one guy to hold an umbrella in a courtroom or whatever exactly or, you know the cia just hey you john be yeah. the umbrella guy for a day. I mean, look at a casting process. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I can find you 10 guys who look exactly the same right. tomorrow. It's you know? surprisingly easy. Yeah. <laughs> and this is 15 years after the fact. So he's 15 years older Yeah. when they identify the guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Huh. But. Uh, I love how mysterious all three of these characters are. That's yeah. Yeah. I like this is my favorite part of the mystery so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the Babushka lady is a big yeah, C. S. Lewis has been talking about it in his comments. Oh yeah. Yeah, he mentions the Babushka lady. It's well, it's you, one you have to are you, you have to talk again? about. The Babushka yeah, lady. Yeah, you're gonna talk about her some more? Like what because obviously it's an important piece of I mean, C.S. Lewis it is talking about right? it. But it's not a, it's not an important oh. piece of C.S. Lewis's uh, comments. We are giving a lot of time to C.S. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the, a, a name with two letters and then a last name or whatever. Really just. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm just saying she's a big character because she is a, a character. We call her Babushka Lady, you know. Mm. She's got a fucking prop, a camera, and a scarf, you know. If you wanted to dress up like her, you could. You could dress up like the umbrella guy. Badge deep man, cuts. yeah, I guess you could even dress like cuts. Those would be some seriously deep cuts. You would you would only be able to pull that off at like conspiracy con. You would something. have to have like a, hey, JF, a dead JFK with you or something. You know, you'd have to, to hold the together. old timey camera. You'd have to have the scarf. Is there a conspiracy con? Oh, God. I think we just invented something. Can I trademark that? Trademark intellectual <laughs> property. Um, that, that sounds really, really fun. It does. And also a little scary. A little bit. Well, just because people are, are very passionate. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and also, not only that, but like it seems like a lot of people who believe deeply a lot of the stuff we talk about want to talk about it uh, to me. For long periods of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, stop telling him to go on. Yeah, I know, right? Right? Okay, go on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this guy just wants to hear me talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there'd have to be a booth where it's just red string and tacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some pinboards. Yeah. <laughs> Get your authentic pinboard here. <laughs> Conspiracy Con 2021 pinboard. <laughs> How can you connect the dots without your red string? <laughs> so that's all the unidentified characters, huh? Um, technically, the next part does deal with some more unidentified I'm characters. Not, I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I so. like unidentified characters. They're intriguing. They, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're still very surface level on this thing. 
I mean, I've heard, I've never heard the Umbrella Guy before, so that's cool. Yeah, the Umbrella that's Guy, nice I did. I was like, that guy is right next to him. He had to be killing him. Uh, <laughs> I mean, again, I can see why people end up with like large scale dioramas in their basement of this. It's a lot to unpack. Right, exactly. some guy in his garage who made his own Umbrella Gun, like testing yeah. it out on some, some <laughs> gelatin molds. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You follow in the Bigfoot's giant footsteps until you find the edge of the forest. Without security of the forest, the Bigfoot comes to a stop at the last line of trees and nudges you forward. You feel as if you cannot possibly go on without the Bigfoot's guidance and protection, and you plead with him to come with you. But all he can do is point his fi- with his finger yeah, in the direction his, you need to with go. With his finger. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, this is very much like Totoro, if you guys have ever seen that. Oh, yeah. Um, My friend Totoro. Yeah, it's yeah. a very Totoro type of narrative <laughs> we got going on. <laughs> That's all for this episode of High Mystery, right. the podcast. I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. Yeah, that's it for us, guys. Hey, if you liked what we did today, we have a very special Patreon episode that we're going to be recording here in just a second. It's another episode of T-Bird Turner's Totally Tubular TV Theories. From from? Mostly movies. I'll still still sound surprised when we record it. Yeah. I mean, we want to let people know what we're doing on the Twitch, you know. It's temporarily name your own price on our our Patreon page. So we'd really like you to go check it out. You can pick what you want to subscribe at. And there's plenty of content. There's so much stuff we've just been tossing in there. (laughs) Ten years of content. And that money will directly go to higher levels of content. Tristan's made a couple videos so far for us, and we're going to be focusing on making more of those. So please come out to our Patreon and support us. Uh, It's patreon.com slash highmysterypodcast. I mean, I think it's just high mystery. Oh, okay. Sweet. That's easier. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Bye. New episodes every Monday. Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash high mystery for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at High Mystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.